Welcome to Talking Instinct, the podcast series from Instinct HR that shares insights and ideas to help you inspire and engage your teams and the people around you. Our guests include inspiring leaders, small business owners, coaches, and industry experts. Today, we welcome Simon Costigan, Change and Transformation Specialist and founder of The Change Partner. Uh, Hi, Simon. Good to see you again. Hey, Darren. How are you doing? Yeah, really good. Thanks for spending some time with us today. No, absolute pleasure. So you, um, I've introduced you as change and transformation specialist, and you've uh, you've got, a, I guess, a long history uh, of uh, leading uh, big uh, big programs of, of, of change. Uh, I guess one observation I would have of you know, dabbling in that industry a little bit myself is change fails in so many organizations. And I guess what I'm really keen to explore with you today and, and for our listeners is, is how do you ensure uh, as the change partner that uh, that you embed successful change in the organizations you work for? I think for me, everything starts and finishes with people. Um, in my experience and, and what I've learned is that when you're making any change in an organization, making process change and governance change is actually the easy bit. That's almost the nuts and bolts of it, if you will. Yeah. The bigger bit is how you lead people through the change, whether you're a senior leader in a large corporate organization or whether you're a small business owner and you have 10 to 20 people. The emphasis is absolutely no different. And for for me, it's all about helping people understand where they fit in the change and why the change is important in the business that they're in. So as an example, you know, I've been in multiple organizations where the change hasn't been embedded properly and the organization has either given up on the change altogether and reverted back to um, original ways of working yeah. or it's taken, you know, six months, 12 months longer to embed the change because people become resistant to change because mm-hmm. their emotional state hasn't been taken into consideration. Yeah. So I think the big thing for me is writing down and giving some real thought to what are the key messages that I want my people to understand. So me as a business leader, why do I believe this change is important? Is it to improve my brand perception? Is it to drive um, greater commercial return? Is it to introduce market leading innovation into the business? What is it? So what is it I'm doing? Why am I doing it? And how, as a business and a group of individuals, do we deliver this change collectively? Because myself as a senior leader sat here, I can't deliver the change on my own because ultimately I'm delivering through people. Yeah. I guess that senior leader engagement is it's a critical component, isn't it? For I guess for any change really. But I can imagine you've... Um, You've walked into you know, a whole variety of different organisations, and where, where where do you get started? You know, because I guess at the point that that organisations contact you, uh, they're they're either doing it for the first time, or they may well have had, as you say, failed multiple failed attempts. Uh, there may be you know complex reasons for why that change hasn't worked. Where where, where do you start? You know, on day one, you walk through the door. So I think you start with a blank piece of paper. So it's, it's the 
you know, what have you done previously? Why do you believe it hasn't been successful? What challenges are you facing into? I think it's important not to have any preconceived ideas because it, it could be a myriad of reasons why, why the change isn't working. It could be that you have a group of senior leaders and they're not aligned. So the message disseminate, disseminating through the business isn't consistent. Um, it could be that the long-term strategy hasn't been thought through. So where does this change fit in the next 12 months, 18 months, two years, five years? Where does it fit? And it all goes back to being really, really clear around what your reason why is. So when we finish this piece of work, how will the business look? So how will it feel? How will it um, what will you see, what will you hear, what, you've, what will you feel, what will people say? And it's all about understanding. So it's almost, you know, it's the cliche, isn't it? So you close your eyes and you envisage the future. But for me, that's really important because if you don't understand what the future state is, how can you then describe that to the people in your organization? Yeah. And one of the big things that a lot of organizations fail to recognize is that if you're making change in a business, people go through the emotional cycle of change. We've all heard about the emotional cycle of change and we've all heard about the transition curve as well. But it's really important to understand that people will go through it at different speeds. People may go through it more than once. People may need more individual one-to-one uh, -one conversations than other people will. When you're going through change, a broad brush approach, in my view, can't be applied because yeah. we all have different motivations. So, you know, my value set could be different to your value set, Darren, as an example. And as a, as a leader, it's important to understand where that person is coming from. Mm. So don't make any assumptions. And the worst thing you can do is force change through the organization because people will just become resistant to it. Yeah. Um, we also have to understand that if you're changing processes, putting new systems in, people will always go through a, a phase of mourning. And it sounds a little bit, a little bit extreme, but people will always want to go back to what they know because that's comfortable. You know, they know it. So it could have been a previous system and it may not have been the best system in the world and it may not have helped them be particularly efficient. But if they've been doing it for five to 10 years, you're taking away a huge part of what they feel comfortable with. And actually, then you're putting them into a situation where they may feel vulnerable, they may feel exposed, yeah. they may feel embarrassed because they don't want to ask questions. So this all then goes back to how do I empathize with my, with my people and how do I put myself in their position? So I, as a leader, have to think about every single individual in my organization and put myself in their position. And therefore, I can lead them effectively through the change. And change has to be delivered top down and bottom up. So strategic alignment right at the very top of the organization is absolutely critical. As I said, if you've got half a dozen directors and one of them says he's aligned and isn't aligned, when you step out of the room, you can guarantee that the conversations that happen offline with, with his team yeah. will not be aligned to the previous conversation. Therefore, you'll struggle to get that part of the business through the chain. 
It's also then important to think about, okay, how do I then engage the rest of the business? As an example, you could do cross-functional briefing meetings, you could do drop-in clinics with people, and then the one-to-one individual conversations. Mm. It's something that people neglect to think about. And in my experience, and this is going to sound a little bit funny, if you've nothing to communicate, communicate. <laughs> communicate that nothing's happening because yeah. there's a communication vacuum. People will fill that vacuum with what they believe to be true, whether that is right or not. Yeah. That's really good advice, Simon, actually, because the one thing that often sticks in my mind is if, uh, if, if, you've got nothing, uh, if you've got nothing to say, then don't say anything at all, you know, and uh, nothing constructive to say. Um, but I guess clearly what we're talking about here is, is change, and you've, you've highlighted, I guess, you know, the potential resistance and emotional state that people will fluctuate and go through. And, of course, it, it's about being, being informed, isn't it, and that constant stream of communication from senior leaders is is so important yeah so important yeah and it's having it's having a plan so from the minute you initiate the change right through to the delivery of the change so what's your cadence of communication Mm. you know think about it so do we want to communicate with the team once a week do we want to communicate with the team on a monthly quarterly basis something that's really important when you're going through change is to celebrate quick wins and communicate them effectively because that will show the people in the organization that what we are doing is working if you're if you if you deliver success but don't tell anybody about it the perception will soon be well that this change doesn't work because you know we're not we're not seeing any benefits so celebrate success quickly learn quickly because change is messy it's difficult it's um complex you know because you're you're dealing with people and you're dealing with people's emotions so you may have the most simple project that you want to deliver but ultimately it could be derailed by the people in the organization because you haven't thought about as you've touched on their emotional state yeah and we have a lot of emotions going on outside work and it's impossible for people not to bring those those emotions into work you know we we are we are highly intelligent highly emotional creatures as human beings and if we believe that people can compartmentalize their day life outside their work life yeah we're we're really really going to struggle because that simply doesn't happen yeah And, and and i wonder uh if if you've i know you, you're involved in uh you know fairly high profile change uh project at the moment but I, I wonder if you've noticed the difference with you know people's behavior and expectations uh certainly through and post pandemic because of course what they want from work uh, is quite different now you know they want uh, more flexibility it's not just about the the, the 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 salary and the position and the title. There are so many other complex factors. Um, have you have you seen that? Because I, I guess that ultimately is going to make change different, if not harder. I suspect. Yeah, you're right. I, th- I think you know we we've been through you know a, a generational event, haven't we? You know, a, a global pandemic is is not something that you know we we see very often, and, and people's people's mindsets have shifted. 
Um, you know, people are more comfortable working from home. You know, there was the whole people had to work from home because there was no alternative and businesses had to become, had to become comf comfortable with it. So, you know, one of the things that I found really, really useful um, in the business that I'm working at the moment is, is just provide the opportunity for people to talk to you. So what we've been doing, we've just been putting an hour in the diary and we've just been inviting people to come along because we're, we're, we're putting through some process change through a, through a large retail organization. Mm. Uh, and if there's been a couple of abortive attempts. So what we've done is my, myself and, and, and another guy that we're working with, we've just put drop-in clinics. So we've invited lots of people, come along if you want, you know, and, and just, Bring your challenges, bring your issues, bring your problems. What, what are you finding difficult? You know, what are you finding um, the process doesn't deliver for you? Um, and it, it has to be one-to-one -one conversations. You know, it is important because if you have more than one person in a room, that might spark a, th a thought that somebody else has and they might, might ask a different question. Yeah. And then you get, you get the richness then of, of the conversation and you get a greater level of understanding because you're picking up understanding from different people in the room. And as a, as a change leader, it's important to emphasize that actually being vulnerable is okay. When you're going through change, you're not going to have all the answers. My job as a change consultant is to help you through that change, help businesses through that change, and help senior leaders identify where people are. So, you know, where are your people on, on this change journey? They could be, you know, they could be just entering it. So there could be a sense of frustration. There could be a sense of loss. There could be a sense of, you know, we've done this a hundred times before and it's never, ever worked. And we always go away back to the way that we've, that we've always worked. So it is how do, you, how do you move past that negativity? And then how do you help people understand that actually at the end of the change, the business will be in a much better place. And you as an individual, yeah. as we've said, you may you know, generate more time with your family. You may be more efficient. You may have a job that's more fulfilling, you know, and therefore, because, you know, typically people don't come to work simply for, for the financial benefit. You know, we're, we're social animals as, as human beings. And we ultimately, we crave social interaction, whether that's, you know, in a room, whether that's, on a Zoom call, whether that's you know over a coffee, and this is the emotional and um, human element that we very very often miss in change. As I've said before, you know, putting a process in place, or building a critical path for a project, or putting a piece of governance in, or putting an additional meeting in, is the easy bit. It's the people that are around the governance, the process, the critical path, helping people understand. So, you know, what's the, what's, the, what's the framework that I'm working in? So what are my decision rights? What am I accountable for? What are the expectations that you, that you expect from me? So I, when I go into an organization, I sit down with a senior leader. One of the first questions I ask is, what do you expect? What do you expect from me as an individual? So once I understand those expectations, it's very easy for me to match them. So it's understanding your stakeholders in the business and your people are stakeholders, you know, from, from the directors that you work with to your senior managers, down to the people on the shop floor, they are all stakeholders. Yeah. And you have to understand 
where each of them is in terms of you know their lives so some people um want to build a career some people are later in life and therefore you know they're coming to work just to earn a little bit of money to allow them to go on holiday it's understanding each individual and what their intrinsic motivations are yeah yeah and you said earlier i think you described the kind of top top down bottom up approach was needed and i think you've yeah i guess i'm seeing the uh kind of seeing how you go about that really because you of course you've, you've got to engage senior leaders and you'll probably have multiple senior leaders in the kinds of organizations that you support and you know, they're all different individuals with different needs, expectations, wants, and levels of engagement. And equally, you know, through your, your, your dropping clinics, you know, bottom up, it's kind of talking and listening at all of those levels. And I think you mentioned around creating a compelling story, really. And and I, yeah. I guess, uh, you know, to your earlier point, if you if you've not, you know, if you've just got one senior leader that's not not engaged out of a a, a clutch of them, you know, that change isn't going to work. It's not going to be effective, certainly not, yeah. not in that part of the organization. Yeah, and, and, and the people will find a chink in the armor. So as I said previously, people always like to stay where it's comfortable, you know, where it's, where it's easy to be, where it's familiar. And if there's an opportunity to stay there and that director then either deliberately or, or indirectly reinforces that belief, then that part of the business is going to be very, very difficult to move through through the yeah. change cycle, as, yeah. as we've talked about. Because you know you, you get different people in change, so you get pe- you get people who will, who will adopt change early. You get you then get people who, you know, they'll reluctantly they'll get on board, but they might take a bit of it, a little bit longer. And then ultimately, you just get people who are flat out resistant. Mm. You know, and it's understanding and having the emotional intelligence to navigate your way through that. And in, emotional intelligence in change is just so incredibly important. You know, one of the things that I keep saying to my two sons is, you know, I've got two teenage boys, that relationships are critical. If you learn nothing else in business, learn to build effective relationships from day one. And for me, it goes back to a little bit of vulnerability from my part. So tell me what you want. Help me understand your expectations. What do you believe I'm accountable for? Because it's a conversation that we very, very rarely have. Um, and by not having that conversation, it creates a blind spot. So I can go into an organization, and if I don't know what the expectation is, I can't deliver to the best of my ability, and I can't help the organization move through the change that they want to. Yeah. I can and I can imagine you've, um, you know, particularly dealing with a you know, range of senior leaders. You, you must have had some tough conversations on some of the, the programs you've worked on. Yeah, and it, it is. It's about helping people understand that tough conversations are sometimes necessary. Mm. So you may actually get to a point where you may have somebody who is who is completely resistant to the change, and you may have to have a conversation that says. We're getting to a point where the direction of the organization may not be right for you. So actually, it may be prudent for you and I to part ways. And that's really, really difficult, you know, because ultimately, change is here to drive business performance, business success. You know, people 
don't change organizations just for the sake of it. You know, as we said before, it could be, I want to improve my brand. I want to improve my commercial performance. Mm. I want to improve my innovation in the market. But ultimately, it's to improve business performance is what is why I change. I believe change is here. You know, we are here to build better organizations, UK, globally, wherever it is. And you are only as strong as the people in your organization. Mm. And sometimes you may have to recognize that the people you have in the organization don't fit. And it's having the, the bravery as a leader to face into that and go, do you know what? They might have been here 10 years, but actually the direction of this organization doesn't fit with that individual. Yeah. And sometimes you're going to have to make those really, really difficult decisions. Yeah. 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 Very, uh, as you said earlier, uh, I guess they're emotional for people and all at different stages. And uh, I guess that's, that's part of the, I, I suspect the rich tapestry of what makes your work so rewarding really. And you've been doing it a good few years now, haven't you? Yeah, I love it. And it is because every, every business is different because it has different people in it. So, you know, it, I've, I've worked in multiple retailers and, you, you know, they are very, very similar, but also very, very different because people want things delivering in a different way. So, as I said previously, I don't go in with any preconceived ideas. I have a, a way of working, but I adapt that way of working to the organizational needs. But it all starts with what's the strategy? How does that fit with the mission, purpose and values of that organization? And then how am I going to effectively communicate and engage the people in my organization? And you have to think every single level of the organization. And it's also really important to document the communication because as you're moving through change and you are communicating with people, consistency of communication is critical. It's imperative. So you want the same message being delivered across the organization. So I would recommend that you write a script. Mm -hmm. So if you're asking for somebody, a functional head, to deliver communication, I would write it down. I would give them a script to read to, and I would ask them to yeah. debate them. Because then you can guarantee that the message received by the organization is consistent. Because again, if there's any inconsistency in message, people will very, very quickly pick up on it. Yeah, they will do for sure. So thinking about the, um, the change programs you've worked on, uh, is, is, is there any one uh, particular program that springs to mind for something you're particularly proud of? I imagine you've had a lot of challenges in all sorts of different organizations, but is there anything you're particularly proud of? And I guess, it, I guess it'd be good to understand why, really. Yeah, so I guess um, my, I guess the program I'm most proud of, I, I worked at Boots, you know, that's where me, we met 26, you know, I worked there for a long time. And then I, I moved to work for a small merchandising company working as uh, the program lead um, and, and change manager for a self-selection cosmetics rollout. So Boots replaced every piece of self-selection cosmetics in their whole estate. So uh two and a half thousand shops 26 and a half thousand individual bays of, of of stock over a million components um from two suppliers one in one in china one in poland three three merchandising companies that we work with 
16 individual brands from global brands such as L'Oreal, Coty, Revlon, um, Max Factor, down to some really niche brands as well. Yeah. Um, and the size and scale of this change had never been done before. It was, it was incredibly aggressive. Um, and it was, it was very, very difficult, you know, and it, it, but incredibly rewarding. So I had a really, really good team of people. And again, you know, as the leader of that change, I sat down with them and helped them understand what they were accountable for. So these are your accountabilities. These are my expectations. How you go about delivering the job is entirely up to you because you're different to me, but this is what I expect you to deliver. Um, there was there was issues as you would expect in in a program of that size, but the, but the program really pulled together. Um, you know, in terms of the cross functional, the cross functional working, I believe was except it was exceptional, mm-hmm. um, and and the whole the program came in on time and and actually under budget. Um, yeah, wow, under budget, um, and it was the biggest thing that happened in in Europe in retail um in I think it was 2017 that we delivered it so so quite a few years ago yeah. but yeah that that was the that was the biggest thing and I remember a colleague in Boots saying to me you must be mad why why yeah. are you why are you taking this on and I, I sort of sat and I thought about it because for me this could this was career defining you know these are these are huge change programs these don't come along very often yeah and, th- and this is the kind of stuff that really excites me so almost the bigger the challenge i want to be involved in it because mm-hmm. if you can deliver something of that scale and that meaningful in an organization that size then then that's something to be really really proud of yeah yeah no absolutely and i, and I can imagine i can imagine that's part of the reason why you've uh, you've been involved in some uh, some fantastic programs uh, since then as well you know for sure um and, and I think we've spoken uh, before, so I'm listening to you talking today, uh, and we, we talk relatively frequently, don't we? But um, yeah. I, I think, my gosh, so much, uh, so much more we could talk about uh, as we really get into some of the deeper aspects of the content we're talking about today around change, transformation, uh, etc. Um, I think you've kind of hinted in the past that you know there's a, there's a book in here somewhere, and I'm thinking, my gosh, there's there's a good few chapters I'm starting to identify. <laughs> is that still a bit of a bit of an ambition that you hold for the future? I think, yeah, I think so. I mean, change is it's it's all psychological. It's it's all psychosocial. It's emotional. You know, I'm massively into mentality. You know, how we drive high high performance through. Yeah. <laughs> And, it, and it, it, it all comes back to it all comes back to engagement. Why why am I doing this? Why is a leader am I expecting my people to do it? And I have to I have to commit a hundred percent to this change. So if I'm a senior leader, I have to live and breathe the change that I want to embed in my organisation, and the energy that is needed to deliver that cannot be underestimated. And what you can't do as a leader, you can't be seen to, you know, you can't have your energy drop. But almost you've got to be like the energizer bunny. So, you know, in, in front of your people, you have to drive the change incessantly. Behind closed doors, you might want to collapse in a heap, you know, with, with, with a gin in your hand. But, you know, in front of your people, it is so important 
that they see you as the leader, as the beacon to take them forward. Yeah, brilliant. Well, I, I think you've you've offered some yeah fantastic pointers, some great advice uh, just throughout our conversation today. Is is the one takeaway? Uh, any one particular takeaway, Simon, that you would want our listeners uh, to go off with um, before they perhaps uh, go and explore their own change pieces of work? I think for me, be eternally curious. Be eternally curious. So why is that person behaving the way they're behaving? Because there'll be a reason behind it. So, you know, they might be being difficult. They might be being emotional. They might be really, really happy with the change. Seek to understand. Seek to understand what is behind it and be eternally curious will be my one piece of advice. Yeah, no, great stuff. And that, that, I imagine, can only lead to... um, better conversations, better understanding, empathy, and more possibilities, I suspect. Absolutely, yeah. So, look, it's been great to talk to you today. Uh, I think, um, you know, hopefully our listeners have got something really valuable from from our, our podcast. Um, if people uh, did want to make contact with you, find out more about you, your work, your background, more about the change partner, where, where, would, people, uh, where would people do that? So the uh, website is www.thechangepartner.co.uk uh, and I'm, I'm on LinkedIn, so just, just look me up on LinkedIn. Um, all my details are on there, so more than happy to have a conversation with, with anybody who um, is interested in delivering change in their organisation. Fantastic. Well, look, brilliant. Really great to talk to you. Uh, I appreciate your time. Uh, good luck with your current, uh, current piece of work. Uh, and and whatever your next piece of work is, uh, all exciting stuff. I think whoever you work with uh, are going to be uh, a really lucky uh, organisation to have you involved. So, yeah, thank you for your time. Really appreciate it. No, thank you, Darren. It was a pleasure. Cheers, mate.